We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them. Fund them. Because as we all know, elections matter. And when folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for. I went off script a little bit. Then let's forget what we should have done earlier and continue with what we should do now. Hey, Kyle, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. Uh, back's a little sore. Went into the gym on Monday and fucked it up and then rested a bit on Tuesday and then yesterday. So behind the curtain, we're recording on Thursday. Um, and then yesterday, uh, I went in there and I was like, oh, fun. Because the guy at the front was like really excited to tell me that they're not doing mask mandates in the gym anymore. And I was like, cool. Because obviously they haven't. It's like it's not an old, old building. It's in like the second. It's in like the uh, it's in like a um, I don't know, a a skyscraper like nearish to the bottom of a skyscraper. And there's not been any extra like ventilation stuff done. So it's not like they changed anything at this Planet Fitness. Yeah, I mean, I've been to since uh, the mask mandates dropped on the 1st of March, I've been told on three separate occasions, oh, you don't need to wear a mask in here if you don't want, sir. I'm like, I- I'll still keep it on. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I'll just wear it. I, like, honestly, um, back even what in July of last year when they were like, you can take it off. Hey, Mac, you can take off your mask. You don't need to do anything anymore, man. I tell you right now that everything's better. Um I still felt a little I mean less less so now I think but back then I still felt like a lot of uh, anxiety without one on um and I know that's like kind of a pussy thing to say but like I also I don't know man it's been 2 years I sometimes I need my little I need something to to kind of calm me down with this pandemic shit still going on Honestly I'll probably just be the kind of person who will wear a mask at any like large public areas for probably the rest of my life yeah i mean honestly though i haven't gotten like colds i haven't gotten all other shit so there there's definitely a, a good way like some of these masks obviously you know without an n95 you're really not being all that protected from covid but from other shit Pretty, yeah, pretty it's, protected. it's just a filter. It's a little bit of filtration on your air. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I understand if people have asthma and stuff, it's convenient to not wear one. But I, my, my breathing works just fine. So, yeah, it's not like it's impeding me. I mean, I like those years that we smoked cigarettes didn't help. But, you know, yeah, whatever. But, I'm OK. I mean, now, hey, at, least, at least at least we quit. And now we just smoke better stuff than cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> PCP. <laughs> anyway, so, um, how are you doing? Well, I mean, not not too bad. Uh, I'm, you know, depressed pretty consistently nowadays. But that's, no. you know, I think that's just the world. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to be right now, especially. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, you know, every got- uh, every time I think it can't get any worse, somehow things find a way to be slightly shittier. Oh yeah, that's how it is, man. It's um, I don't know. Like this last week in particular, I've been trying very hard uh, to focus on. I don't know, like because. Because, you know, nobody's coming to save us, obviously. That's been proven time and again. But yeah, like, anyone who tries gets uh, 
fistful of fuck you. Yeah. So anytime that you expect somebody to come along and fix things, um, it's going to get undermined either institutionally or, you know, mostly institutionally. Like the, the forces at work here are very large and they are um, maybe not institution is probably the wrong word, but like, I don't know, the the mode of production has so much inertia right now behind it. That's really what's keeping it forward because it's obviously not doing anything. Like the progressive forces of capitalism are are at a standstill. On the vein of uh, those forces at work, the powers that be, uh, I'm Phil. And I'm Kyle. And we are the Unsociablists here to talk to you about one of the most noteworthy uh, powers that be to ever exist in any governmental institution. Yes, the actual institution, the one that's deep, the state that is underneath the state. Some might call it a deep state. I don't know. You sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist to me, Kyle. Yeah, I do sound like I am probably a QAnon person. Sorry, guys. By believing that the CIA does things. Right, the CIA does things that they've admitted to doing. Absolute nonsense. But yeah, Absolute. we are going to talk to you about the C- the good old CIA because uh, they are a beacon of what is wrong with capitalist control. Mm-hmm. It's um it's interesting because like the CIA is definitely not the first in its of its type. You know, there there were obviously pre CIA uh, intelligence agencies. We're thinking about, I mean, the very obvious precursor, the OSS. But then um, in uh, I, I I read this book by a guy named Ken Follett, who's a uh, I think he's British himself, but he wrote a few interesting books. He wrote uh, Pillars of Earth. If anybody's ever seen the HBO series, it's based on. It's really good. It's about um, people. Uh, it's a long story about people building this cathedral in medieval uh, England. But he also wrote about spies and he wrote about spies even as early as like, uh, you know, Guy Fawkes era, like England, you know, like late 16th century, early 17th century spies. So like that kind of stuff has existed for a very long time. And the CIA is just a further like mechanization of the kind of dominant will of capitalism. Kind of like the final boss form. After right. Trans, yeah. It's like, oh, you, th- you thought you defeated me, but no, I'm just stronger than ever now. Right. No, and even then, it seems more that um, the CIA tends to be, you know, they are a boogeyman. They are a terrifying thing. Um, but it's also like, you know, they have a basis in history and there, there's, there are things that you can do. It, it, it's not as... You know, my parents, they they were born into a world where the CIA existed, but their parents were not. So it's not as though it's that – it's not so embedded in our world as as it, people make it out to be. You know, it's very much everywhere in, in our politics and in our, in our way of controlling the world since World War II, but like it's, it's still relatively a new thing. Yeah, in the global spectrum of things, I mean, what seventy years ish? That's not that long at all. Yeah, you think no, of, you know how long the with capitalist. I mean, even how long just capitalism has been a thing, let alone world history. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, like if you take uh, it, it, it kind of you know, as we'll we'll discuss a little bit, it kind of takes form 
as America becomes this kind of neo-colonial global hegemon, you know, with with holdouts, obviously, in Cuba and in Russia and China and elsewhere. But, um, you know, it's the, the CIA became what it is because of the American dominance uh, of the world market. Well, I mean, I know this isn't a, a left in the past, but I think we could all do with a little bit of history on just exactly how the CIA came into being. Yeah, so um, you'll all recall – maybe you'll recall. Uh, so in the – in World War II, they created a, uh agency called the OSS, and that's the Office of Strategic – or Special Services or Strategic Services. I'm losing it a bit. But it's uh, – yeah. It's the immediate precursor to the CIA, and they were largely um, pretty dispersed across Europe. This is like when they were setting up, uh, you know, um, setting up connections with Swiss intelligence, with anti-German sects in, you know, Vichy France and in other parts of France, as well as, you know, hooking up with the MI6 crew or MI5, I guess, and essentially working on undermining in covert actions and sabotage actions the German war effort, um, as well as maybe undermining during the war communist uh, organizations in German uh, or Italian-dominated spaces. So we're talking about them immediately setting up with, say, right after the war, OSS is still immediately working with the the essentially who were fascist in Italy to make sure that the socialists, who had been one of the biggest uh, blocks to fight against Mussolini and to help the uh, Allied war effort, they wanted to make sure that those socialists would not be in power in Italy. And so the OSS were on top of that shit too. Yeah. So it sounds like it's just a nasty organization that's trying to, you know, um, disallow countries from having their own government systems with coups. But I'm sure that once we uh, evolved past the OSS phase, we got rid of all that evil kind of a uh, structure and uh, effect. Well, shucks. Uh, sorry, it, that is not the case. Um, basically, the OSS, of course, was not a permanent institution. It was very young at the time of its founding, and it was mostly a way of coordinating intelligence and sabotage missions between allies. And the United States was thinking, like, why don't we have one of our own? We are already, you know, after FDR died and Wallace was kicked out and we had, you know, this party machine guy, this this kind of um, pretty rabidly anti-communist Harry Truman come in, uh, the stage was set that we were not going to be working with our wartime ally, the Soviet Union. We were not going to do detente. We were not going to do the kind of stuff that may have been on the table if FDR had not died and probably would have been on the table if uh, Wallace had remained VP when FDR died. Yeah. So we end up having to create a permanent institution that can coordinate, of course, with MI5 and other uh, allied states against now our new and much enlarged and um, scary, uh, almost maybe nuclear-powered 
uh, enemy in Russia in the Soviet so, Union. It sounds like what you're telling me is that the reason we got rid of the OSS is it's not nearly effective enough at committing war crimes when we're not in wartime. <laughs> I, pretty much, yeah. You needed a permanent institution. And this is what I think a lot of people get uh, freaked out whenever I say things like deep state. Um, you know, the reason they get freaked out is because it's been played up in the media that uh, if you QAnon say deep people, state, then you're right wing. Right. Horseshoe theory confirmed. Right. Yep. Horseshoe theory confirmed. Um, except that, you know, the deep state itself, that term comes from, and this is a tangent, but comes from a, an analysis of the Turkish so-called deep state who were essentially created with the help of the CIA um, and literally did extrajudicial, you know, Pinochet-style killing without the helicopter in uh, Turkey against communists and socialists and g generally union leaders, people who were against the uh, close allyship of the Turkish government with America in their anti-Soviet agenda because Turkey's right there. Armenia and Georgia were still part of the Soviet Union. They were butting up right up against Turkey. Turkey is right across the Black Sea from Russia. It's um, not far away, and that's, of course, famously, the if everybody recalls the Cuban Missile Crisis, the reason that uh, those missiles were taken back was because uh, Khrushchev and uh, Kennedy and his – and both of their uh, – we always talk about these guys as if they're fucking like monoliths, but all of them had like their whole State Department or you know uh, foreign ministry right behind them. So the uh, they, they organized a withdrawal of uh, – what were they called? Jupiter missiles? I can't remember. Uh, from uh, Turkey. So essentially we were doing the same thing. We were stationing uh, missiles in Turkey to attack Russia, but we were also throwing a hissy fit about them supporting Cuba. So whatever. The Adventures of Zorja and Arglob, Episode 3, Confused Irate Alien. Friend Zorzan, I believe we should take some time to see exactly what type of covert intelligence Aarth is capable of. Is that amenable to you? Yeah, sure, why not? Any specific place you would like to start? Well, I believe we should start with this Central Intelligence Agency from America. They seem to have the widest breadth of accomplishments and interferences. Let us examine the operations they have executed over the years and survey the locations impacted. Seems good to me, Oglop. Incidentally, it looks like they generally abbreviate this agency as CIA. Anyway, I suppose we should start from the beginning. Oh, wow, these files are quite heavily marked. We'll have to run the D-redactor slowly while we go through. It looks like we're starting over in a country called Russia. Absolutely. Tracking a course. Oh, wait. Hold on. We actually need to go to Romania. It looks like they were interfering with Russian troops infiltrating at the time. Understood. I'll mark the course correction. Oh, don't get too comfortable, Aglab. They were doing the same thing in Germany and... Computer, pronounce highlighted word. Czechoslovakia. Yes, that. 
Well, that seems like an overabundance of simultaneous operations. Perhaps we should simply move ahead in the timeline. Yeah, these were apparently all busts anyway. Their first true success was in Italian. Ah, that sounds perfect. I shall head there now. What manner of impact did they have here? Surely something to benefit the region's democracy and well-being? I'm not so sure about that. It seems that this Operation Gladio directly opposed the most popular political faction of the time, the Italian Communist Party. They played an active role in ensuring the party that emerged victorious in a presidential election was one that would stand against socialized welfare for the people of that country in the name of monetary units and global hegemony. The Christian Democrats. Hmm, this party seems to stoop to using religion as a way to mask the manipulative control it exerts. How could any person who aspires to lead use such underhanded duplicitousness? I know we haven't been studying Aarth in depth for too long, but it seems to be a trend of this species, particularly the power-hungry ones. You might want to start desensitizing yourself if you want to keep analyzing this planet. Anyway, next you'll want to head to Korea, China, and Iran. Pardon me, friend Zorzon, but we once again appear to be attempting to head to three separate locations. Yeah, this agency was operating in all three at about the same time. They tried to arrest the control of governments and militaries at each place. However, if you want to skip them... I've already charted the course and started the autopilot. I was just going to say, the operation in Iran seems to be their only major success. The operations in Korea did manage to install a military government, but the area covered by it amounted to less than half of the desired territory. You really don't need to worry about them. Then why include them? To be fair, these are just the noteworthy operations I can find documents on. (sighs) Gracious, they certainly did seem to be busy. Yes, it does seem like they had an abundance of operations. I can't help that this organization fails so consistently. It does look like they were successful in Guatemala, though. Okay, I'm already headed there. Oh my, why does this place look so depressing? Success, once again, meant destabilizing a popular government in the name of in-placing a puppet who would work with America's capitalist interests. Before the aforementioned interference, Guatemala was overturning a centuries-long status quo of agricultural desolation by the predecessors of this CIA. They left the place quite destitute. The irony is that they still bungled this whole affair. It was by pure luck that they still succeeded. I must admit, I am not particularly enjoying this research project. How far into their history have we examined? A little under seven years, and I've been skipping a fair bit. We've still got five decades to go. (laughs) You know what? This was a mistake. Did this organization ever do anything that wasn't destroying socialist ideals? Hmm, let's see. Syria, Indonesia, the Congo, the Dominican Republic, Cuba... Cuba again, a bunch more Russia, Cuba a few more times, Vietnam, uh, it seems they did a few things that weren't exactly that if you really want to look into Iran-Contra. Yes, I just want to see what the CIA is capable of besides failed coups. Oh my, that is sickening. Also, my apologies, it seems that this was... At its core, a plot to undermine Nicaraguan socialists with anti-communist death squads. 
we are done with this particular topic of Earth culture. I can only hope that in the future, these humans learn to use global intelligence to stop evils rather than cause them. Well, we didn't even touch on what they were doing to their own citizens. All I can say is, don't hold your breath. Tune in next time for more Adventures of Swords on an Yeah, so it sounds like the CIA was just basically, at its core, its essence, it was a great organization to allow us to be better hypocrites about how we controlled capitalism. Well, there's the the big thing. So, like, the – yes, it's a mechanism for us to more efficiently control – I mean, on paper, more efficiently control. It seems like they just waste a shitload of money talking about their tummy aches and getting – healthcare for free when everybody else in the real everybody is still paying like three thousand dollars a month for a fucking couple vials of insulin but whatever um the deep state idea is that you have a permanent continuous bureaucracy in service of american interest and uh, you know the american interest as solidified after world war ii so the deep state when people think like conspiracy theory is probably more more effectively called the permanent state the state that is continuous and you would expect you know that's the whole deal that people argue about with like when they were talking about fucking uh oh uh hillary clinton is the most experienced like you want experienced people in there um obviously that's bullshit because she really wasn't and she also just whatever talk about hillary clinton whatever she's Really excited that people are going to die in Ukraine and maybe Russia too this week. So that's sucky. But uh, she's not the focus uh, of this all episode. The, all the Dems are. Yes. Yeah. yeah again, not that. We'll, we'll get to. We'll, we'll talk that in the news blast. Yeah. So <laughs> let's, uh, uh, sorry. Let's uh, let's rewind to talking about that. We were talking about Harry Truman and his hand in all this. And uh, hmm. I assume he had accomplices. Oh, one hundred percent. But before we get too much to those accomplices, uh, who? We can name the Dulles brothers, John Foster Dulles and his younger brother, Alan Dulles, who would become major figures in American foreign policy, as well as Alan Dulles in particular, heading up the CIA as I think the second director of national intelligence. But he, of course, was instrumental in establishing it. He was an an OSS person himself. But uh, in 1947, basically – Right after the war ends, right after VE Day, everybody in England, Europe is like, hell yes, we get to go home. Right after uh, VJ Day, we get a whole bunch of other people super excited that the Pacific Theater is closed. They're done, although technically we did not sign a peace treaty until 1952 with Japan. Um, and until then, we were the occupying force. It was literally called Occupied Japan. There were talks about making Japan uh the 49th state because at that point we still didn't have uh Hawaii or Alaska in the union but the uh big deal at the end of the war is all these GIs are super excited that this shit is done they don't need to you know throw whole rucksacks anymore they don't need to 
uh, stack uh, guns and ammunition anymore. They get to fucking go home. They aren't getting shot at. And so there's a rapid demobilization. I think I read somewhere that we had somewhere in the realm of 8 million troops at the end of the war. And in a year, that was down to like 2 million. And they were terrified of this because it was politically impossible to keep all these people there. And not only was it politically impossible, but logistically, it would have been a fucking nightmare because at that point, all of the branches of the armed forces were very disconnected. You know, you had a Department of War, which was the most honest department we've ever had, I guess, in its naming at least, and the Department of the Navy. So they were two separate parts of the cabinet. And underneath them, of course, underneath the Navy, you had obviously the Navy and you had the Coast Guard and the Marines. And then under the Department of War, you had the Army. And, you know, they at that point, the Air Force was just another part. It was the Army Air Corps. So basically they were looking at this uh, mass exodus of troops and saying, well, how are we going to keep our murder numbers up? Well, that but like um, so at that point, specifically in Asia, we're talking like Germany needed to be occupied. Everybody kind of recognized that in military terms, but they were already working with people in Italy and in France and in Germany, these collaborators to kind of continue a government. Uh, It was in Japan, very much so, and also the Philippines, the reconquered Philippines and elsewhere in Asia that uh, America had kind of landed troops that they were really terrified of the troop drawdown because all of those places, they had their independence and resistance movements that had fought either against or with the Japanese. And so they needed somebody there to maintain order. And with that drawdown, it was not going to happen. And at the time, without having kind of all of these uh, units of the armed forces rationalized, like working together under a single umbrella, it was going to be really fucking hard to be able to marshal all those resources in kind of a reasonable way. Now, over the war, they had established something, I think it was called the First War Powers Act, where it was basically all kind of collectivized under, um, I know Eisenhower had like a big uh, role in that, as well as General MacArthur and kind of collecting more of the administrative powers underneath a, a single umbrella. But that was explicitly uh, sundowned six months after the war, like in its in in the legal language. So it wasn't going to do great if, you know, sometime around uh, October 45, everybody in uh, Germany or in fucking the Philippines completely lost all kind of, I guess, what would that be? Vertical organization would be entirely changed. So basically we were looking at it and saying, hmm, unless we can keep people there to make sure we uh, keep control of how much freedom and democracy they have, all these places are going to have too much freedom and democracy and we can't allow <laughs> that. Exactly. Um, and it, there is a lot of interesting ideology at place go, go at play there. Um uh, obviously, I mean, yeah, there, I mean, there are tr- bad people who sometimes. I mean, we 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 have defeated occasionally actual bad guys, but it doesn't make us not bad guys. No, exactly. Yeah, the the, the this is not a <laughs> this is not a fucking comic book. Um, you know, there are people who I believe had the right ideas, people who fought for the right things, and America is not one of them. And we fought people who also have not had the right ideas and not done the right thing. 
just because capital has troubles between itself does not mean that one or another is good. Um, but basically, uh, this, this push kind of made this, this, this issue made it so it was very obvious they needed to do something to rationalize their, their armed forces in order to, uh, kind of maintain what they had won over World War II, either territorially or, you know, influentially. Um, because especially in the Philippines, uh, they had promised that the Philippines would get independence. And had we a rationalized force to ensure that people could stay over there, we might have, you know, a lot of the, the military brass for sure wanted to maintain an occupied colony there. But Truman, knowing the writing on the wall was on the wall for the fact that he couldn't really keep an occupied force there politically or otherwise, uh, he went ahead with the plans to give them independence uh, who knows if that had stayed if the military was more consolidated at that point, if they're if they had more power, because that's really what ends up being created with the National Security Act of 1947. Uh, George Marshall, who we know from Marshall Plan, you know, re just pumps a shitload of money into Europe after fi to to fix it, um, as well as Harry Truman had argued during the war for this kind of unification Um and P Truman had gone as far as to say that Pearl Harbor would not have happened if the armed forces were unified. And this is the same uh, kind of after, of course, it's been unified. This is the same rationale that people used after 9-11, after another Pearl Harbor, one might call it, uh, to basically bring up and pass the Patriot Act as they needed the FBI and the CIA and all of them to be able to talk to each other. So, I mean, our government has always counted on a placid citizenship to not mm -hmm. actually question what they say. Right. And at that point, it really wasn't a placid citizenship. Like you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's – we had a bunch of strikes going on at the time. Shitload yeah. of strikes. This is Taft-Hartley time too. So it's like they were – while at the same time that they're passing this National Security Act, which is ostensibly like outward-facing, the inward-facing, the inward uh, like – uh, disciplining of American workers is going on with Taft-Hartley. Uh, Truman, of course, vetoed that, but it didn't work because they overrode it. Um, and I'm, I couldn't find exact numbers, but it seems to have passed the National Security Act did with pretty wide bipartisan support. Uh, and he delayed visiting Truman, delayed visiting his mom on his, her deathbed in order to sign the bill into law. And so basically the main provision is establishing the Department of Defense. Now, that, of course, is getting rid of the Department of War and the Department of the Navy and putting both the Department of the Army and the Department of the Navy underneath that cabinet-level uh, DOD. I do want and to back up just real quick to, like, with everything we've heard about Truman already, it's just baffling to me how he can be seen as, you know, almost our top 10% of presidents. Like, he's right, right, by, all, by all of our historians, the professionals who make these lists, he's right around number six, five or six in terms of the presidential rankings. Yeah. The and, man uh, dropped the bomb. Like, that should immediately put him near the bottom. Like, the fact no, that you would drop war. a nuke. And That's we're proving insane. that even more and so in this day and age. Yeah, every day, man. Seems, <laughs> seems like we're proving but no, it more I just, more. It's just when you hear about all this evil shit Truman did, the fact that he was regarded as like one of the good ones is uh, is just baffling. 
Sensible Secret Service Agent. Sir, I know that you think we're falling behind in terms of knowing and responding to every single little thing that's going on in the world, but I just want to beg you one more time to reconsider. I've heard your advice on this issue before, and I wonder why you think I'll be swayed any further this time. Well, if you'll recall, I advised against dropping those atomic bombs about a year ago, and shortly after, the American public saw you being nearly inconsolable over what you'd done. I also told you the OSS would be a failure, and that was, by and large, rejected by the citizens. I don't mean to brag, but I have an impressive track record when it comes to hindsight. On the contrary, I couldn't be more proud of being the first country to wield such a powerful weapon. The theatrics I've put on for the voters were solely in the name of re-election, as well as my legacy. Why do you think I write such flowery prose in my diary? When it's being read in the history books of the future, I want to look brilliant and sympathetic. You know, a man of real common sense. My only regret in the use of those bombs is we still ended up requiring Stalin's help to win the war. But I'm sure we can obscure that for decades to come. As far as the OSS is concerned, I knew it wouldn't last. My conversation with the Dulls brothers made it very clear they had something bigger in mind. Sir, I don't mean to speak out of turn, but you're scaring me a little. Uh, to be frank, you sound a bit like a supervillain when you talk like that. Supervillain? Is that out of one of those newfangled hero picture books? Well, I'm afraid I haven't had time to stay up on popular culture, what with all the plates I've been spinning these last few years. I couldn't very well read about superpowers while I was figuring out ways to get the Democratic Party to turn on Wallace. That farm yokel would have been so concerned with feeding people and dealing with rural poverty, he probably would have scrapped the nuclear bomb project altogether and pulled us out of the war. Then the communists would have gotten all the credit. If only. Pardon? Nothing, sir. Anyway, like I was saying, this National Intelligence Authority seems like a massive overreach that will ultimately harm the American and global citizenry. The fact that several U.S. institutions, including the FBI and the military, think it's a bad idea should be very telling. Oh, of course they don't like it. They know it's going to mean more paperwork for them. They don't have vision like my partners and I do. These strikes have been doing an absolute number on the party's popularity and, more importantly, mine. I need a way to regain some control, and obviously just seizing industries isn't doing the trick. Maybe it's time for you to give up a little control and return the power to control these industries to the workers who run them. That would be an excellent way to salvage goodwill with the voters before the impending midterms. I'm not looking to become a land of socialists and degenerates. I'm looking for control. It's obvious the direct route isn't effective, so it's time for a more covert approach. I have no doubt that, in time, I'll be able to reshape the NIA, so it becomes the forefront of national and global covert intelligence gathering and action. Then, we can truly have a more active role in shaping the nations of the world in our image. We will have the power to crush communism at its roots the world over. Adjust the preconceptions of undesirable peoples in our own nations so the poor return to infighting. And deny we had any knowledge of the unscrupulous acts committed in the name of capital control all the while. You can't possibly think that the American people will go for that. I, sir, I'm trying to remain professional, but you're acting 
purely evil. Mark my words. If you create a government agency that, by design, manipulates the free will of the masses, you'll go down in history as one of the worst presidents of all time. I wouldn't be so sure about that. I have a feeling that when all is said and done, I'll be right around number six. Your opinions have been noted and denied. You may leave my office now, because I have a lot of work to do in these coming months. Sensible Secret Service Agent! Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. No, it's fine, because it's like, uh, he is, in in historical terms, like he's been kind of talked up really highly but the man he was a bad negotiator with russia what with the soviet union he fucking in did this shit he signed this into act so the dod was created and at the same time the cia was created and under his first in, initial leadership we see the kind of this uh, this motivating force behind the CIA is obviously to curtail any socialist, any workers' movement in mostly at that time outside of America in our sphere of influence, we may call it, in places like Italy and Germany and elsewhere, uh, trying to undermine maybe Soviet, uh, ex- you know, Soviet denazification was one thing that they tried to undermine, which is kind of insane. But, you know, it's it's more outward facing at that moment. But it is definitely like their uh, what what was uh, cause celeb is like that is what they are doing is stymieing workers power and making sure that American capitalist interests are on top yeah, literally, they would literally bring power to Nazis to shit on the to shit on the communists if that was what it came to. Yeah, so it's fucking. I mean, they did exactly that. This same law that establishes the DOD establishes the CIA, and you know, gives the people of you know sets up a, a head in the director of central intelligence, which eventually, after nine eleven, was changed to director of national intelligence, and so. You know, we changed it, the name. We thus become defenders rather than enactors of war, which personally, besides it's, how obviously hypocritical that is because we are still committing acts of wars and we are still the aggressors in nearly every conflict in in the world since the enactment of the act, I think it's kind of honest because by the end of World War II, we were the inheritor of global hegemony. It was... FDR, who introduced that whole term globe to the presidency, and then Truman just used it like crazy, you know? Thus, we can, how can we deny that this is our defense? Our defense is served by extending our military and economy into the fabric of every nation we've we'd conquered or dominated by other means. So but essentially. It does kind of bring to my, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that the borders of our empire had increased at the end of World War II, so technically, I guess you could say it's defense. I, yeah, but it does bring to mind like a, a really like kind of shitty political cartoon that I'm just picturing in my head now of like a guy just wearing a T-shirt that says Middle East on it, and uh, and a guy, another guy wearing a shirt saying America, just punching him in the face, saying "I'm defending you." Yeah, yeah, seriously, it's like, that. It, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, like, that sounds like the kind of thing you'd see in the New Yorker, but still, yeah, it just, yeah, it's, uh, 
just odd, odd choice of uh, how we want to uh, uh, use our language to mislead people. Yeah. So, like I mentioned earlier, that the, the, this was partly in in it was a large part to kind of rationalize our our military abroad and to make it so that they could communicate better. But at the same time, we've created this deep state, this permanent uh, institution of covert operations, which, you know, we we see almost immediately turned into like, I shouldn't say immediately. There were definitely people who in the 60s and 70s in particular were very anti-CIA, that there were there were a lot of times where people were absolutely pushing to abolish the CIA because it is, it's a new thing. It's a new thing that we created in 1947. You know, it's only been around for 70 years. Like the thing is not permanent, although it is a feature of the permanent state. It's it, it claims impermanence, but in reality is permeates uh, mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. that it touches. So making, creating a, a, a pseudo permanence that still might as well be, you know, right. Uh, it, it, it it certainly has lodged itself in the higher parts of our power, whereas before it, it it wasn't there, but certainly the same waspy weirdos were controlling the world or controlling our country, at least. Uh, so, you know, we get into the CIA and this is kind of straight from Wikipedia. Whoever the author of this was pretty concise. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised they haven't been black bagged yet. Based on, uh, yeah, this, I know. this was far enough. In the, this was far enough in the past. This was back when the CIA said, "Oh yeah, we did some oh, stuff." Oh, we're back bad guys then. Yeah, yeah but we're good yeah. guys now. So as long as they're writing about the history, it's fine. Right. <laughs> so this person, whoever wrote the Wikipedia article, is pretty good. Um, it says, "In the beginning, central intelligence was the beast of three masters: Truman, who, from his position under a mountain of state, DOD, and FBI reports." the FBI having jurisdiction in Latin America at the time, quickly saw the need for a centralized outlet to organize the information that would reach his desk. Defense, who wanted CI to both know everything about military adversaries, perform military sabotage, and foment partisans that would fight with the U.S. if war came, and the State Department that wanted CI to bring global political change positive to the ends of the United States. Organizationally, this gave the CI two areas of responsibility, covert action and covert intelligence. And that last part of the State Department, they're like, we want you to bring global political change positive to the ends of the United States. Now, immediately – That's a very fancy way to say uh, do whatever it takes to make sure that we – the money is coming here. Yeah, that's it because um, Truman is reelected in 48 and – finishes his terms in 1953 and general or former general Eisenhower takes over as the president and is elected in 52. He has as his secretary of state, one of the Dulles brothers. He has John Foster. And that is kind of what we're talking about. This is John Foster Dulles, who is the person who would have been very excited to increase the powers of the CIA, especially after I think 53 as well is when his brother Alan Dulles is installed as the DNI. Or no, he came in in 1950. It's fucking early. Um, it would seem like uh, that's some conflict of interest in terms of, you know, valuing the voting rights of the American people and what they stand for. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
versus, of course, uh, expanding your brother's power and the power of covert intelligence all over the world. I'm sure I'm sure that all everything he did, though, was with as a, as a secretary of state was all about, oh, you know, the defense perfect. and well-being of uh, of the lower class citizens, the ones who, you know, got uh, Eisenhower into office. Yeah. John Foster Dulles, the man who although uh, I mean, Eisenhower was not elected by a I don't think you could say that the poor people elected Eisenhower. He was very popular. He could have been either a Democrat. Both parties were trying to court him into being their nominee, which says something about the the kind of consensus after World War II, um, especially after the left wing of the Democrats had been so properly cowed after Taft-Hartley and after Truman's ascension to power. And I mean, one of the CIA's biggest strengths is that us, we have been convinced as a society that we love war. It's the reason mm-hmm. that Bush had some of the highest popularity numbers ever after Iraq started. I mean, it, there is very few. It, it's that uh, meme of like, drill turning up the dial and it's the nationalist dial it's like ah ah and people just start clapping like fucking seals whenever they get to pretend that they're the good guys in some war um and it's the same deal that we did in you know the first part uh when we were in korea when we were in uh you know a desert storm when we invaded uh vietnam for a list for a little while people thought that was an okay thing you know it's always that it's people get bogged down and tired of it. And that's why right now the war isn't popular, but nobody pays any fucking attention. So it doesn't matter. And then, of course, we of course, right now there's another war that's getting ramped up and we are very excited about it or some people insanely are very excited about it. So it's still it still works. It's still people being as this, yeah, silly we, and we, uh, we have not evolved as much as a society as I would like to have in the last 70 years. No. Um, but yeah, just, so here's a bit of trivia. If anybody ever comes up to you, if you're ever at like a trivia night and you need to fill in an answer, who was the first uh, director of national intelligence or at the time director of central intelligence? His name was Roscoe H. Hillencooter. And he served from 1947 to 50. Interesting little piece of trivia. Um, at that time, of course, we're working in Glad. You know, this is the beginning of Gladio. That's the beginning of uh, operations to essentially pull people over from, you know, Nazi Germany, paperclip style into our science. I mean, we had already captured them and pretty much repatriated them to America, but. Uh, that's kind of paperclip. That's Gladio. That's talking about getting uh, Honecker elected as West German uh, chancellor. I think that happened late 50. I can't remember exactly because we were still using that as like a military base. But uh, early yeah, stuff. And it's it's fair to say that while Hill and Coder was uh, the man in charge, um, we were pretty bad at doing doing our horrible coup things with this with the cia yeah. that it wasn't very it wasn't a very well-oiled machine yet yeah they were still feeling out their oats they were figuring or feeling themselves out figuring shit out um and in 1948 they uh passed basically a directive on office of special projects which further gave the cia the authority to carry out covert operations quote against hostile foreign states or groups in support of friendly foreign states or groups but which are so planned and conducted that any U.S. government responsibility for them is not evident to unauthorized persons. It's essentially saying, hey, we can do what we the want. The CIA can do stuff under the radar 
that's our that's our deal now. Like that's his big thing was he got the directive where they can do whatever they like. What the hell? Oh shit, duct tape over the lock. Someone broke in. It looks like an amateur job based on how obvious it is. I'll call for backup and... What the fuck is that noise? Oh, right on. By my calculations, we've arrived just in the nick of time. The time stream was about to go off the rails. Oh, sweet. Awesome work, Bachelor Bro. So when are we this time? Freeze, assholes! I don't know how you or your weird-ass car got in here, but you can't just break into a government building. Whoa, chill out, my dude. We're just a couple of innocent time travelers who ended up here because something was about to go wrong in the timeline. Wrong in the... what the What the hell kind of nonsense are you spouting? Uh, he's speaking the truth, man. Anyway, mind telling us what year it is? The chronometer in our sedan's been busted for ages, and we haven't bothered to go to the time mechanic to get it fixed. Why bother? It still drives through space-time just fine. Alright, you both seem nuts. Look, something fishy's going on at the DNC tonight, and I intend to figure out what. Oh, is this Watergate? Oh, righteous! Anyway, look, man, there's some reason we showed up here. Uh, what were you up to before you saw us? Well, I was, uh... Wait, wh why would I tell you what I was up to? You're the ones who broke in! Nah, man, we just kinda appeared. There's actually some CIA guy walking around right now. He's the one who broke in. Oh, wait, Brosif, do you really want to tell this guy everything that's going on? Yeah, screw it. Maybe we can shake up time and space a little. Look, I don't know what you head cases are smoking, but I'm taking you into custody. Wait, wait, wait. Hear us out, man. The CIA is getting a bit pissy that Nixon is a nationalist who doesn't think it's worthwhile to infiltrate foreign governments until America is under his thumb. He also doesn't really like the CIA and is considered disbanding it. So they want to blame him for some op to wiretap the DNC so he loses his position of power. Uh, hey, are you sure about this, man? What if the universe implodes? Eh, it'll be fine. Okay, look, that's a fun little story you guys have cooked up, but do you have any proof? No, but just trust me on this. I hope nobody catches me setting up pointless wiretaps for President Nixon personally. Oh, whoa, see that guy right there? I mean, no way anyone could be that obvious unless they were trying to get caught. Look, I don't know what you're trying to pull, but I'm not taking my eyes off of you, too. No, seriously, man, he's walking around right behind you. Oh, damn, he just went around a corner. Alright, I'm done with this. I'm taking you guys in. Wait, shit, the door alarm's going off. You stay right there. <sighs> Rumi, I think we've given this guy all the help he needs to come to the right conclusion. It's probably best we take our leave now. Uh, yeah, I just hope the multiverse holds up. <laughs> There was a new piece of tape propping the door open for your accomplice. Where the hell did you guys go? Damn, I lost them. I don't want to get in any trouble, so if anyone asks, there is a break-in and I don't know anything more. Oh, wait, there's a file here that just says 
Nixon was here. If I had this to my superiors, that should keep the heat off my ass. Well, it looks like whatever we did, the time stream ended up all fixed after all. But at what cost, Rumi? At what cost? Bachelor of Arts, that uh, that free that blanket free reign uh, definitely. Roscoe didn't. It sounds like good old Roscoe didn't make too much good use of that. But I'm sure that uh, his follow up. Uh, what's what's the term? Uh, not predecessor. The opposite of that. Uh, the, Whatever. Decedent? The guy who followed him. That's a <laughs> dead person's like decedent. Uh, yeah, you know what I. You know what I, you're talking yeah. about. I'll come up with a word later down yeah, the line. The opposite of predecessor. Long Mr. after Mr. Dulles, who we're talking about. Right, uh, long after we've stopped recording, I'll know that word. But yes, it's Alan Dulles now. <laughs> John Foster Dulles, himself the Secretary of State for Eisenhower, as I mentioned, had a brother named Alan, and this is the fellow we remember from working in the OSS. He spent a lot of time in the Swiss office out there. And Alan Dulles's brother died in 1959, but he was one of the biggest supporters of Eisenhower of the Eisenhower regime's turn to a more aggressive move, like anti-communist shit. Because like Truman, you know, we understand the Truman Doctrine, the containment stuff. Um, but Eisenhower continued that ramp up. You know, we often think of Eisenhower, you know, in 1961 or whatever, his closing address being like, ah, the military industrial complex, so terrifying. But he was either an agent of its growth or at the very least, um, it seems like he only in hindsight thought of it as a bad thing and maybe it's one of those things where barack obama you know he's written like 17 fucking biographies essentially being like and this is why i get to justify all the stuff that i've done uh it sounds like that was kind of the closing statement for eisenhower as well um but you know it, it, it was really during the eisenhower regime and uh alan dulles's uh, CIA tenure that we see a lot of the buildup in the CIA's power and, uh, you know, see some of their early successes. Yeah, where they actually finally start doing them coups where the mm-hmm. coup actually means now we control your capital yep. as opposed to, oh, well, oops, we just look like fools and have egg on our face. Right. So during um, – during Alan Dulles's big stuff, you, you get these big set piece like wins – uh, you have like the overthrow of Mohammad Mossadegh in uh, Iran and the reemplacement by um, basically capital in rich Ali Shush. You went out like an hour and a half ago. Lay down. It's okay. Sorry, the dog is super. She she yawns at me once she wants to go outside. Um, but basically, you have. Uh, the overthrow of Mohammad Mossadegh in uh, Iran by kind of a coterie of wealthy, Shah-aligned Iranian uh, people. A lot of those who had been, some of them, you know, of mixed uh, British descent, but a lot of them uh, connected to the oil industry, which is, of course, connected very intimately with the MI6 and, and BP oil. Um, what? Us have ties into the oil industries? Yeah. 
so that was kind of a that was an early like um coordinated work with MI6, MI5 and the CIA as uh kind of spearheaded by a man named Kermit, Kermit Roosevelt. I think he was the great grand nephew of Teddy Roosevelt. I he he's part of the family, but he uh was one of oh, the hey early there, kids. CIA Ready guys. Go war crimes. Yeah. I can't do a Kermit. Yours is much better than mine. Uh but yeah, he he's the guy that the that the little frog is named after, I think. Or or I hope not. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. It's, it's like, who, it's, who's someone who really inspires the children's? Yeah. Um But uh yeah, so the CIA there are so many things that they did, but specifically we're talking in the 50s, uh, you know, throw – they have Iran and then they, of course, have their big set piece win in Guatemala where they have very long uh, kind of almost psyop basically uh, uh, assault on the capital where Yacobo Arbenz had been re-nationalizing some of the – uh, the the land specifically that had been left fallow by a bunch of United Fruit people, and he had paid them. He had paid them the amount that they had said on their taxes it was worth. Obviously, they were underreporting how much it was worth, so they didn't pay as much taxes, and they were very upset about that. And so the United States, of course, responds by sending planes, by uh, it, basically supporting rebel groups that are living on the borders outside anti-communist rebel rebel groups because Yacobo Arbenz himself was I think he was a colonel and he was not he was not a socialist he wasn't he wasn't one of those guys but um they did win and he did resign and they did establish a uh, regime that was loyal to the United States and also killed hundreds of thousands of people in essentially a genocide specific mostly of the maya people um and indigenous people of of guatemala uh, and that's the kind of thing that we were willing to do in part because we don't give a shit about really anybody but especially non-white people we really don't care about them in in this country but like that was what they were willing to do to ensure that, you know, United Fruit, who have some interesting connections to, say, the Bush family, um, that they could keep turning a very, a very clean profit. As well as later on, you know, in the 50s, you have MK Ultra getting set up. You have Sidney Gottlieb poisoning people. You know, you have a lot of interesting, weird yeah. shit. There's a guy named Frank Wisner who I've mentioned in the past. He's a creep. Um, blew his brains out. Uh, he is somebody to look into because he's another one that this is during the time where I mentioned in our first left in the past that they uh, were trying to undermine Indo undermine Indonesia. Same time, that's like fifty nine is when they're doing that, and this is all under Alan Dulles, who um, was only gotten rid of after he pissed off the uh, State Department and the uh, Kennedy administration with how shit they did at the Bay of Pigs. Yeah, I mean, I know that it's I know that this is like the cliche, even our own government admits it's true thing. But I still can touch on MKUltra just a little bit. Absolutely. Because I think it's a fascinating example of the CIA does not exist for the safety of the American people. It is willing to mm -hmm. undermine the safety of American people in the name of American profit. Yes. Like we are willing to attack our own country if that means we can make more money out of the deal. Yeah. I mean, this is also the FBI is more known for COINTELPRO, but 
the CIA was also involved. Uh, and yeah, they were turning these methods on Americans. Um, largely, these are people like, uh, you could say, Lee Harvey Oswald, who was in the military. They were trying to use this on people inside the military a lot of the times, like guinea pigs. But it's also quite credible that, uh, what's his face, um, Charles Manson was a victim of the MK Ultra program when he was very young, and so was uh, supposedly uh, the Unabomber. So these are and they're these happy are to turn out these, yeah, yeah, they're happy to turn out these people if it means that they can, uh, you know, for one, control us and manipulate us a little, just mm-hmm. a little more effectively, and for two, uh, keep us afraid. Yeah, because when we're afraid. afraid when we're afraid, we feel like we need – I mean, a fear is exactly how they get us to be rabid nationalists when wartime comes because, like, yeah. well, we're so afraid all the time. Now you have something to be afraid of that's not just your day-to-day life. Right, and you feel a part of the in-group at that point too. And so, like, you can feel more um, convinced that you – you know, this fear is real and that you have people guarding your back, people who are in the CIA maybe. So I mean I know MK Ultra is the one where that even like that you're allowed to just talk about without getting mm-hmm. black bagged, but it's I, I feel like the fact that that exists yeah. um, is it's in my mind maybe not definitive proof, but the, cl- the closest possible thing that we're still ha- that we are still happy to and probably actually are launching psyops on our own people. Absolutely, um, I mean because the, that's the thing. And I think we'll touch on this again, but they have never been they have never been fixed. This has never changed. There was never any law that passed to adjust their behavior. There was never any uh, there was never any retaliation for all of this stuff that they had been proved to do. I mean, you look at if you really want something fucked up, look up Operation Mockingbird. I won't get into it right now because that could be an interesting episode on its, own. on its own. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, look up Operation Mockingbird. It's interesting. And these are people who we are giving absolute power in 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 some senses uh, in order to. Well, to be fair, Kyle, they only have absolute power in a country we suspect is doing shady things or a country that we don't suspect is doing shady things but might later or a country that we just don't feel like dealing with right now or a country that we just have some bad blood with or uh really just anyone but other than that no free reign no free reign i mean it's illegal to do it to american citizens they they said that and uh, when they actually did it to american citizens they definitely did something about that uh yeah so it's you know we have the same the same crew it's very i mean it's bandied about that maybe the cia had a hand in a murdering the uh the president of the united states in dallas in 1963 um there's one person intimately connected to the cia who uh became a president later on and was uh, interestingly by gerald ford uh esta- made the head of the cia because he was not a part of it, and that is, of course, our our good old friend H.W. Mr. Uh, George H.W. Bush was intimately involved with not only the CIA proper, especially when he was uh, the DNA DNI, but um, also beforehand working as kind of a. Sh- 
a shell shuffler for businesses that were connected to the CIA, such as United Fruit or Zapata Oil, which he owned. Um, so there, that's the thing about the CIA is that it is intimately involved with American business. That that's really quite obviously the the aspect of the CIA that is most important, which is that it protects American capital and investment abroad and maybe in the States itself. Yeah, so as long as they are doing that, they can do whatever illegal stuff they want to and they will mm -hmm. face no repercussions. We now go live to the mayor of Balaclavaville. Hello and good morning, everyone. I'm out here today to make an exciting announcement. After voter pressure with over 70% approval on the issue, I have finally decided to provide free medicine for the people of Balaclavaville. Mr. Mayor, will this medicine be available to anyone with insurance? Can we pick it up at any pharmacy, or will we need to visit a doctor? Mr. Mayor, will impoverished families get equal access to it? Well, I have good news on all those counts. You won't even need insurance to get this medicine. It will be delivered directly to you. And if anything, we'll make sure the poor get even more of it. Uh, okay. What's the catch? Catch? No catch at all. As a complete aside, we'll be having some government contractors coming by to improve our water pipelines. Well, that sounds excellent. Mr. Mayor, I am nearly wetting myself with joy over this good news. Uh, uh, hold on. This whole thing seems fishy. You've never done a single selfless thing for this city, and I don't expect you're starting now. I can't help but wonder how you'll know what medicine everyone is supposed to get unless you've illegally accessed medical records. Oh, uh, well, this is a, a new medicine, a, a coverall, so everyone gets the same stuff. And it will also lead to a huge influx of money to a few select projects and works in the city. Okay, I'm beginning to get suspicious now as well. Me too. Please tell us more, Mr. Mayor. Well, you you see, the thing is, look, I, I can't tell you any of this. It's, that's that. No further questions. Nice try, Mr. Mayor, but we're feeding live, and there's a flash mob of our viewers on their smartphones outside to prevent you from leaving. Now, tell us exactly what's going on. <sighs> Fine. Backed me into a corner on this one. The truth is I cut a deal with the CIA. I'll let you know right now that if you keep filming, then it's all over. They'll deny any involvement and you'll be costing the city millions. And then no one's getting their medicine. Nope, I'm not buying it. Spill the beans. We will not leave without answers. All right. You all remember MK Ultra? You are going to give us all mind control drugs? Well, not anymore, you jerks. Look, it wasn't all bad. The CIA realized the people of this city were more pliable than other inner city areas. I mean, if I can get reelected. Anyway, these drugs would have made people more content with the crushing existence that is day-to-day -day life as a cog in the capitalist machine. You plebs would have liked going to work. Maybe you actually would have felt better. But now all you're getting is a black mark in the books of one of the most prominent intelligence agencies in the world. Hey, everyone, I'm a cool CIA agent who just happened to be in the area, and I want to let you all know we'd never consider being part of such a shady, dastardly plot. I mean, sure, we did some weird things 50 years ago, but we would never do stuff like that now. Anyway, 
You all have a great day. Well, I, for one, can't believe the mayor called us up here today just to lie to us. I'm certainly glad that agent was here to clear things up. It's a good thing to know America is still the good guys. You guys, are you serious? We just stopped everyone in the town from being used as an experiment. How can you... You know what? The winds here are so rare. I'll just take this one. Well, I hope you're all happy. Now I'll never be able to afford a new laser cannon in my backyard. Everyone just leave me alone. No further questions. Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, and there are a lot of interesting, I say interesting, terrifying mostly, but interesting things to go into about the CIA. Um, but I, there's just, it's so deep. We could probably do like a, we could probably do a dozen left in the past. I mean, oh, many. Left, I mean, many of our left in the past already have heavily featured the CIA. Right. So yeah, no, they're going to get more two of them. Yeah, but they're going <laughs> to be more. The will. first one. Yeah. The first one was the second one won't or the second one didn't. But and the third one won't because the CIA would not have been involved yet. But that was because all of their power was diffused among a bunch of armed forces. And one person who I think we should touch on is this modern, the modern CIA. And that that right now is headed by a woman named Avril Haines. She's first woman to uh, head the head the Central Intelligence Agency. Yeah. So she is, girl bossing it up. Yep. Yeah, good old uh, Biden's director of national intelligence. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Uh, and I mean, we all know that Biden is a leftist champion. So obviously he picked someone who definitely has – you know, the, the ideals of uh, the people in mind and upholds, you know, good socialist values. Absolutely. He's a communist uh, from what I've heard on Fox News. And so I'm going to believe that. Uh, <laughs> so this Avril Haines character must obviously be another communist who wants to turn off the CIA which, which, from the inside. That, that duh, makes sense to me. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm wrong. Um <sighs> She was deputy DNI uh, back in, I think, the Obama administration. Uh, but I think she, you know, she's a deep state person. She stays in the. She's a bureaucrat who gets, uh, you know, once you get to a certain level, it's a political appointment like this DNI. But it's largely apolitical. I mean, the CIA is apolitical in its in its kind of bel- in the in the ideology of america it's seen as a political it doesn't care about any of the lgbtq any of that. Mm-hmm. i mean the only reason it supports infighting in those political roles is because it helps keep eyes off of them but in the reality it doesn't care about any of the uh socio-political stances any of that stuff all it cares about is making that paper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so avril haynes famously defended torture when she was the deputy DNI, and uh, she also uh, was instrumental in establishing the legal framework for policy and policy guidelines for drone strikes, which you know targeted people in Somalia and Africom in general, but also uh, you know resulted, according to human rights groups, in killing innocent civilians. So, duh, I mean, it's killed hundreds of thousands, probably thousands of innocent civilians in Afghanistan, in Yemen, in uh, obviously in Somalia and Africom's station or sphere of operation elsewhere. We we have essentially um, there's a terrifying interview with a young Iraqi kid who said, I pray for cloudy days because when uh, the clouds aren't there, 
that's when the drones attack. And it's like that's the kind of fear that we are engendering. And the CIA, you know, as a part of the larger uh, defense apparatus, uh, defends that kind of behavior and encourages that kind of indiscriminate killing. And so Avril Haines, who girl boss, um, you know, we see under her leadership a lot of those like I don't know, fucking sensitivity training videos for fucking people in the CIA. Like, it doesn't matter, obviously, because they're still murdering people. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty clear that where she she's uh very good at creating that posturing, though. That just like just like our uh, you know, our vice president and our um, what's how uh, why am I blanking on Pelosi's title? Uh, uh, Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House. Just like those roles are, uh, you know, oh my gosh, girl boss. It has nothing to do with their political stances. Mm-hmm. It's about posturing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, because I mean, but if she, but I mean, if she's a valuable tool for that, and she stands up for the same ideals of, you know, crush any kind of people's uh so society at at core, then uh, you know, more power to her. Yeah. She fits into the, she fits right into that role. Right in, because that's the that's the thing, like, when people talk about, like, Kamala Harris, like, why she put so many people away. Well, she had to get power, and it's like, why? Why her? That's not how things work. You don't get power and, like, hooray, you're a, you're a fucking beacon of, of uh, feminism and anti-black or, you know, anti-racism. It's like, you did the bad things. That's a yeah. bad thing you did. And of like, course, the people who been don't co-opted. do the bad things to get power are just seen as like, oh, they're just lefty loonies, whatever. Yeah. Rashida Tlaib, she should be a feminist icon. We don't, we don't talk about don't her. Don't talk about her at all. But whatever, you know, people are convinced in this country, ideologically and personally, in the goodness of this system, and that as a goodness of themselves. So, so the ones you see on TV are the ones that count as the good people. Yeah, and people forever throughout history have identified themselves in figures like, you know, when they would put up a statue of fucking, uh, you know, what's his dick, Africanus, after he came back from destroying Carthage, you know, they would see in themselves this strong person. Like, they would idolize that person. Same thing when you see fucking former CIA directors on MSNBC telling you that it's actually the Russians that are giving the Cubans these weird sound rays, you know, like why would that, why would that be believed? Because you're supposed to believe it because there's a natural ideological as well as like social pull to, to believe it, to believe that you are the good guys, that the things that you believe are the good guys are saying are correct, and that you can identify with that positively. And that's because, not real. And we, I mean, we've set it up in this society where if you don't buy into those narratives, then we make sure everyone who does buy into this, these narratives has free reign to call you a complete loony and mm-hmm. not just not just like pass your opinions by without thinking about them, but actively hate on you for having those opinions. I mean, uh, cast your minds back to 2016. It's uh, a time of, days you're, you're of your, long ago, long ago. Um, but CNN uh, fucking reported as salacious that Bernie in the 70s 
along with supporting, you know, the Sandinista against the Contras, who, of course, we know were murdering people in horrible, genocidal ways. He also called for the dissolution of the CIA, which was a popular stance in the 70s and 60s. Like, that was a popular stance, and that has been completely forgotten and erased because we have gotten so stuck. I need to actually read this thing in full, but uh, what's his name? Fisher's uh, Capitalist Realism, where we we are convinced so acutely that this is the only system that can exist, and thus all of the permutations within that system, like the CIA, must always exist. And so when people in the 70s, when we're reminded that people hate the CIA, that people saw it as what it is, a destabilizing force that only works on behalf of capital, they reject it entirely. And people on CNN get to say that Bernie's a fucking loony because he thought the CIA should not exist because he knew what its fucking plans were. Or at meanwhile, least knew what meanwhile when there is hard, documentable evils that were committed by their chosen one, the TV just says, oh, no, then we don't talk about any of that. And if you look at it, you're actually being uh, trolled by the Russians. Right. You're a Russian bot. You, you're being trolled. Uh, Operation Mockingbird, if it happened, it was a mistake and it's in the past. And we never uh, fixed any of that stuff. We never, um, you know, what's the word that I'm looking for? chastise we never chastised the cia agents or directors or people who ordered that work or you know did that work um and it just goes under the rug nobody cares nobody believes you when you tell them that the country is run by fucking psychopaths people who want to kill for oil I mean, they believe it in intellectually, maybe. But when you see somebody on MSNBC telling you that they, former FBI agent, uh, definitely did not uh, infiltrate black groups in order to, you know, kill them like they did to uh, people in Chicago, specifically had uh, Fred Hampton. Uh, like, yeah, of course, you're going to believe the person on TV. They have a TV job. They have an, a, a, a title in front of them. They're the person that you align your intelligence and align your belief system with, not me, the person who's read things that are actually their briefs and explaining that they actually did these things. Yeah, and of course, that that simple psyop of just using the word Russia is going to be a million times more effective all over again. It sucks. The next 10 years are going to suck so fucking much, man. Like it's if we get to them, because who knows, maybe, (laughs) maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Putin is insane and he will throw a nuke. But the, 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 before we get onto that, I just want to close out with our CIA stuff by saying like, abolish the CIA. It is not that crazy of a thing to do. Abolish the CIA and defund the DOD. That's well, I mean, but what's like, got to happen. Well, what, I mean, at least surely, in the midterm. Surely, with all this, surely with the, I mean, people like us who are on the case and who are just actively angry about this, we've gotten a hold of enough of their uh, documentation to, you know, really prove all the evils they've done. I'm sure we can get like literal thousands of pages of uh, all the bad stuff they've done as right. hard proof nowadays. Most of it will be redacted, but you can still like see between read between the lines and even even the shit that they write down. Like we know that Mockingbird happened, we know that MK Ultra happened, we know what they did in Iran and in Indonesia setting up lists to have people murdered. That was 
compiled by people in the CIA and yeah, in the army. I'm, I was more like making the backhanded joke of the stuff that's getting released nowadays. They'll oh, release yeah. a 6,000 mm-hmm. page document and we get less than 500. We get like yeah. less than a tenth of it. Ugh, yeah. No. When they're talking about like, oh, why is why is there torture? We'll give you 500 pages out of this like 7,000 page tome. Thanks. And uh, it won't actually – it'll only say the mis- misinformation and lies that mm-hmm. explain why our torture is good and not the other 6,000 pages that explain why we were being horrible uh, right. subhuman monsters. Yeah. Avril Haines is just the latest cultural uh, permutation of Alan Dulles. It's all factions, but it's all in the service of the same mode of production in the service of – American domination by capital. Now it's neoliberal. Then it was kind of post-Keynesian, but it's the same. It's the same impulse. Yeah, the same end goal and the same uh, efficacy at its core. But yeah, like Kyle said, abolishing the CIA is uh, just just a sensible plan for literally everyone except for the capitalist oligarchs. Right. If you work in the CIA, then you're probably upset about that. But fuck you. Yeah, well, oh darn, you'll lose your pension over your uh, sonic weapon tummy aches. Yeah. <laughs> My cricket, um, the crickets have given me brain worms. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I think uh, that about covers our, I mean, at least a brief uh, insight into what the CIA does and who they, and what kind of people they are. Or yeah, I think like we put said people earlier. heavy quotes at that point. Yeah, I'll, I think like we said earlier, there's going to be episodes down the line where we focus on specific things. Um, because this is such a broad topic, we wanted to get mostly, I think, down in broad strokes, like what created the CIA and its and ultimate, what it stands for. Yeah, what it stands for. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that about covers that. So I think we can move on to the news blast. It's news time. <laughs> Sir, I think the time has come to admit we've made a terrible mistake. Not only are you massively unpopular on a global scale, but somehow you're managing to lose this war. It doesn't help that with you as a scapegoat, the entire world's consciousness has been shifted away from acknowledging any of the Ukraine's lies and war crimes in this affair. You're actually making people like the evils they have committed. I beg you to stop. You know what? You have some excellent points. I am sure that when I win, I can completely rectify the public opinion to make everyone love me just like they did before this started. But, sir, you have been demonized by the world press for years now. Exactly! So I have no incentive to worry about what they think. Anyway, apparently some Chechen special forces were eliminated on their way to kill Zelensky. Did I order that? I honestly don't remember anymore. Honestly, sir, I can't keep track anymore. This whole war has me doubting everything I believed in. I pray for a death that I know will never come. Well, we're going to start with Russia again. Big, big fucking surprise there. Yep. So I, I'll be the first to say, I mean, I obviously Putin is a evil, evil man. Let's not try it. I mean, I'm not I, – you can be a leftist who acknowledges the bad stuff that Ukraine is doing without being stupid enough to say Ukraine is the – I mean that Putin is a good guy, which is unfortunately what the uh, Trumpites and Republicans are doing. All of that's always going to happen, you know. Like I, I don't get what the weird like alt-right people are doing. 
but that should maybe give you an indication of where, like, Putin is a right-wing nationalist, guys. Like, I'm not saying that you have to we're, – we're all comrades here. We can talk about this. But when you're talking to other people, I understand, like, I'm not going to target – I mean, obviously, stand with the people who are being – Stand with the people who are being fucked over the most, which is always working people in both Russia and the Ukraine people right now who are undershelling. Um, yeah, but speaking of yeah, – I mean that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, obviously, Putin's a bad guy, but really right now, America is being an extra bad guy because our solution is, well, here's how we're going to defeat Putin. We're going to make the already impoverished poor people of Russia's lives even more miserable with more sanctions. It's not going to affect their oligarchs at all. Don't worry. They'll, they'll be fine. Are their billionaires? They'll hold up just fine. But they're poor people. Ooh, they're going to suffer. And that's going to make them revolt against Putin and fix the war for us. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. No, it's so because that's what they would like again is they already did their color revolutions in the 90s. They already dismantled the Eastern Bloc for, you know, parts. They stripped the copper wiring. They fucking took out all the door frames. They've been doing everything that they can since the 90s to destroy what was once the Soviet Union and their and their allied states. Um, and they did a pretty damn good job. I mean, look at Ukraine. It, it just in the last like couple of years finally broke the got back over their GDP that they had pre-Soviet collapse. I mean, we say collapse, but dissolution. You know, after it had been destroyed by the American government. So yeah. it, it, this whole conflict is a lot longer than people are giving it credit for. Like, there is so much more context to this that should be remembered. But of course, now we just have idiots saying. That he's going to recreate the Soviet Union, which is insane. He's an anti-communist. He's going to, you know, nuke us, and I doubt that's happening. But who knows at this point? Like we keep backing him into a corner. What if the guy is really as megalomaniacal as they say? Maybe, maybe we should yeah, not I mean, be and, doing this then and pushing yeah, I mean, him to throwing nukes. He's definitely. I would. I, I definitely would say he is probably not the most stable man. He is not as insane as I think the media wants to portray him, but he's certainly not a guy who I'd be like, oh, yeah, take care of my baby for me. Here, go and babysit. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't have a kid. I mean, maybe you know. he wouldn't be right. Maybe he wouldn't <laughs> kill my baby, but he might, uh, if put farther away, throw a bomb at a building where that baby is. And just like yeah. every other fucking leader in the world that has military power like this. I mean, like how well, I many? Mean, no, because we've never bombed anyone from in a country right, far right. away just because we could. I mean, right now, how many people have died in Yemen since this war started? How many people have died in the Golan Heights or been kicked out of their homes in Sheikh Jarrah? I'm not saying that this isn't terrifying to have a war in Europe where major powers, people like NATO-aligned states in the Americas fighting against Russia, that's, that is scary. Like, I'm not saying that isn't. I'm just also saying that maybe we should there acknowledge are other that- things that are firstly giving this context but also happening where we have been the bad guys people talking about this being the end of the unipolar world maybe yeah but like the unipolar world did not mean everybody was safe obviously not if you were in iraq or in afghanistan or in africom in the sphere of africom's influence and theater of operations or if you were in Azerbaijan and some asshole from fucking New Jersey who was wearing a bunch of kit and was in the Navy SEALs just pops into your door and shoots your whole family. Like that shit 
existed in a unipolar so-called world. And now that China has an economy that is so intertwined with us and probably won't get in any kind of real shooting conflict, that would be insane. I don't think she or the Communist Party in China is actually interested in that. But, like, the fact that we're going to push and push and push against Russia and expect that we get everything that we want when we've backed him into a corner is insane. Yeah, it's – I don't know. It's pretty mad to think that – uh this man has anything to lose. There's no reason for him to back down at this point because it's not like we're going to be like, oh, well, he backed down. Now we're going to be nice to Putin. We've never right. been nice to Putin, and he has no reason to think we would start. So I don't know. I mean, and also it's it, – it, and uh, obviously we addressed this in the little skit we ran, but it's it's not like Ukraine is completely innocent just because they didn't start the war. They, their military and their government have done a lot of evil shit since this all went down. And you could even say that they started the war with the Euromaidan coup and then also sending the Azov Battalion into the Donbass region to kill Ukrainians who wanted to be closer aligned to Russia. So, Or you could say we started the war by right. – Poking the bear over and over again and saying, hey, NATO, make sure you keep expanding. We need to have imperialism in as many places as possible. Yeah, it's just so fucking like history didn't start yesterday, you goldfish brained idiots. It's insane. But that's, that's the MSNBC take. Yeah. So. No, history it's, begins. It's, history begins at midnight every day mm-hmm. and ends at midnight the next day. <laughs> but yeah, um. Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating, but honestly, I feel like if you really want lots of Russian, uh, Russia-Ukraine war coverage, um, there are places out there that will have more – that would be able to do more in-depth takes without getting infuriated just from talking about it. No, it's just um, so sad. It's a very – it's an evolving situation. I'm not following every military op thing going on. I know that the people in Kharkiv uh, were shelled. I know that there was um, some – uh, there looked to be a pincer movement that I saw from a man named Ames, who's very good on this, uh, that was closing in on an Azov battalion stronghold. So, oh, and, uh, who knows? Of course, there was the uh, the one Ukrainian guy who said, hey, I promise, totes, we have information that these Chechen uh, soldiers oh, yeah. were coming to try to assassinate Zelensky. After, like, however many lies, to about, like, the, the, the warship, about the people who supposedly died, and then Zelensky was saying that they were going to give them posthumous uh, uh, military awards, and then, like, even he was saying that even after it had been proven that they weren't dead. Like, what, whatever. Yeah, my inclination stuff, is to that. not buy that without further proof. Right. But- you we know. won't know if any of this shit's f- true for a very long time, and especially in in the the like network of American sources, you're not going to get much truth. But also, even if it is true, I mean, like a big surprise. I mean, even if it comes out to that, that is the case, oh my gosh, uh, a foreign leader tried to assassinate the other foreign leader they were at war with. Mm. What? I mean, that doesn't Never seem like a thing that I, I don't think that would happen. Like, why would he? I know that everybody's got a fucking hard on for Zelensky because he goes and takes photo ops in uh, and he's fucking in movies. Kit, he was Paddington Bear. Yeah, like he's like that would make no sense to assassinate a guy. But also, it made no sense to do a large in do this invasion. So maybe I'm fucking wrong. So yeah, I mean, it's possible Putin is just a crazy person who thinks this was a good idea. But you know, I mean, he's he's not. I, like I said, I don't think the man is mentally stable. But I also don't think that he's quite the menace uh, 
our media makes right. him out to be just because he's got he's still got self-preservation on the brain right one would hope i i really hope he has self-preservation on the brain yeah, if, he, if he's after, if he's operating from a place with no self-preservation then yeah all bets are off the nukes might start dropping tomorrow but yeah. and uh, we will say to, uh, we're probably. like we said we're recording this on thursday so if major news breaks before saturday evening we'll, we'll probably pop in for an, a quick news blast addendum but otherwise yeah. just assume it's all stupid and that it's just a scapegoat to, so we can all pay attention to this european war and and be rabbit all become rabid nationalists who don't need mm-hmm. to worry about i mean patriots sorry excuse the, i used the wrong <laughs> word there um but yeah who don't have to worry about all the horrible problems going on in our own country or in the other countries being bombed all over right. the world and people with lower personally involved in killing yeah um but speaking of horrible things going on in our own country let's go ahead and talk about the state of the union address our our very mentally stable leader unlike unlike putin our guy is very very all there mental the a spitting image of mental acuity hey, listen jack I'm, I'm up here and i'm telling you that there's a place 20 miles east of Columbus, Ohio, and they're going to have jobs. They're going to have jobs. It's Intel. Can you stand up? Wait, where'd he go? Wait. Stand up. Uh, yeah, give him a clap, everybody. Yeah, this this guy, he's very wealthy, and he's going to give people jobs that average 150000 a year. And I'm like, sure, sure, buddy. You just have to sign this thing that's a giveaway and also a massive uh, attack on, and sanctions on China. So come on. <laughs> No, I mean, uh, but let's see here. Between Biden saying uh, that we needed to not just defund the police, but double down and fund the police more, that's uh, that's that's obviously what the progress. Thank goodness all us leftists voted for him to get to back the blue, no matter who. You know, vote blue, no matter who. We really, we really got, we really got exactly what we were hoping out of this yeah, deal. <laughs> we backed the blue. <laughs> uh, yep, quite literally. Every time, man, um, this is what happens. Yep, and then. Uh, Let's see here. What else? What other dumb shit did he say? Uh, I should have taken. I should have typed. Other up the than list um, the one where he's like, "There's crazy that Putin's invaded Ukraine and they can't stop because he's got the resolve of the Iranian people behind him." And it's like, wait, the Iranian people? He forgot that Kiev was was in Europe. Well, and I mean, it's I mean, he did spend like half of that State of the Union talking about not our country, which no, is he, kind of not the point of the State of the Union. My God. And I swear to fucking Christ, I hate standing ovations so oh. much. Standing ovations are for the end. Standing ovations are for the end. You do not need to clap every five minutes and stand up and wave your stupid blue and yellow flags. I hate that posturing shit so fucking much. The Democrats had to prove that our very mentally stable president was the right choice by backing him to an excessive extent anytime he completed a sentence. <laughs> um, Man. One thing, I mean, this was we can't portray this to you in an audio medium, sadly. But there was Pelosi's weird dementia dance. Looks like it looks like she had to hit the restroom yeah. there. Well, good for her. They probably gave her some. Dep- yeah, like I said, it depends. It depends. Probably depends, worked. Yeah. <laughs> <It depends. laughs> yeah, she just randomly while he was uh, ramping up some rambling point about absolutely nothing, she just started standing up and doing this weird little shuffle with her knuckles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, then she looked around and it just sat back down and it's like, yep, yeah, that's, that's our, uh, very, very, that's a very, very smart girl boss leading the house. They're all fucking, 
I mean, Kamala's drunk every time I see her. And that, like, she just says the weirdest shit. It was shit. the charisma of a fucking railroad spike. Oh, my spike. God. And then everybody else in power seems to have very severe dementia. So. Yeah. It's, I don't know. The State of the Union, I didn't watch the whole thing, but it was pretty clear that uh, they no longer even have any interest in posturing that we're going to fix the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. They, they, they get to say, oh, we passed the bipartisan... Uh, infrastructure bill and thank you to all my republican friends who voted for that and i'm like cool you know that they uh they just made that a giant giveaway to their fun their friends and then yeah, nothing I, good I, is I mean, coming out of it any improvements in the st louis roads that's for sure we're uh, they're still all this year to we're gonna fix 125,000 bridges and we're also gonna lay out some road and stuff and i'm like yeah but you didn't say by when we're gonna start and I'm like, but when? There's no plans. There are no plans. It's all a graft. It's all a bunch of demented old fucks trying to, you know, rub their oats, give their buddies fr- uh, money before they, you know, slough off this mortal coil and become one with the singularity. But it, somehow, it with all, but somehow with all of that bullshit that Biden spouted, he still didn't manage to be the most inhuman person in attendance that day. No. Because Lauren Boebert had to go stick her fucking horrible, abysmal human being of a nose into the situation. And the one instance when he tried to show some humanity, start fucking heckling him because she's a piece of not even subhuman garbage. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't like even the Republicans booed her at that point. How is she still popular with anyone? Because that's what they want, man. Most – that's the thing. Most of them – most of the people who she has got a base in want that. They want him to feel bad. This is the troll party when it comes to people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and Lone, Lauren Boebert and that other asshole who's running for Senate in uh, Arizona. These oh, yeah. weird like new age Peter Thiel guys who are also you know post-Trump like – I don't I don't know what you would call like like the fucking uh they're they're the creepy little frog avatar guys like that's what they are Pepe's yeah they're Pepe's that's what they is which is a shame because Pepe used to be a cool meme before uh the alt-right decided to claim it back in like 2012 Mm -hmm. when it started being a 4chan thing back in like back in 2011 rage comic era Pepe was just uh you know it, it was it was trolling but for like comedic purposes and then somewhere around 2012 2013 the alt-right said like no this is ours now and it's for making fun of human beings at a fundamentally core level Mm. nope um yeah i mean i I say who really likes these people but the sad reality is i could very well see lauren bobert being uh trump's vp pick and that would be a winning (sighs) ticket i mean they're gonna win doesn't matter what it is Uh, this this stuff right now uh, Ukraine isn't even going to carry over into the midterms. I don't believe, unless yeah, something honestly, horrible happens. Yeah, honestly, I mean, there's been enough. There's been enough. Uh, oh yeah, actually, one thing, real quick, back up on Ukraine since so I forgot to mention this. Uh, what do you feel? Like, think about them releasing a bunch of prisoners and giving them guns. I mean, like they were doing the same thing without putting them in prison, but just giving the Azov Battalion guys and other paramilitary <laughs> groups guns. So it's like. Woohoo! Big surprise. Nazi ratio. Right. Yeah. Hey, what if we took the people that are like, if they weren't Nazis when they went into 
the fucking uh, clink. They're definitely part. They're definitely part of the Aryan Brotherhood now. Yeah, it's I don't know. The whole situation is a mess, but you're right. I do think that the way things are going, someone will back down in the in the next few months. I mean, I don't know where the the peace talks in Belarus were going. I assumed probably they, they nowhere. Got canceled. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know how it's going to go. It's, it, it's, it won't be too long before something More people are going to die. Yeah. More people are going to have to flee their homes. Um, yeah, that's the reality. No matter how not too long it is, it'll be too long in the sense of innocent people will get hurt. But at the end of the day, as, especially now that the, the bottom line of capital is starting to be affected, this thing will wrap up before too long. I think so, yeah. When the stock that's, market that's the reason that the war will that's the reason wars it. end is when money when the rich people stop making as much money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's fucked over in Europe. It's fucked in the Middle East. It's fucked in Africa. It's been fucked in Africa for about you know three millennia now or so. <laughs> um, and it's just gonna just keep being fucked. And it's fucked in our country. And it's gonna keep being fucked until I don't know. Some kind of class warfare revolution happens. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath. There's no war but class war, and they're winning right now. <laughs> yeah, they've got that infight. I mean, they, they're good at making us infight. Very good. Very. At it. It's a, yep. It's Look a at all this I mean, bullshit. I get mad. I get mad at other poor people all the time, and I don't. I don't like it. But I'm like, yeah, no, you're a fucking idiot Nazi right winger, and I can't talk to you. Yeah. Uh, there, there it is. Is there is? It's a matter of class consciousness. The contradictions may or may not heighten from here, and if they do, maybe we'll have a chance of explaining or at least getting more people to recognize where they're at. But who knows? Yeah. Well, uh, do we have any optimistic news, Kyle? Anything good? Um, oh, REI voted to unionize in New York. Oh yeah, like yep. v- comprehensively. More unions. Yeah, the more, more unions, unions we have, the better we're doing. It's a, it's not a winning. It's not a winning. It's not a win for sure, but it's a start. It's a starting strategy for yeah. sure, with no doubt. I mean, more um, unions and more like wildcat strikes that are set up before you know for in non-unionized shops. That's fantastic stuff. I yeah, gotta so say, that's good on them. That's the one thing we can be excited about, and one thing you can be absolutely sure our government, which says they're going to be the most pro-union government, will never support. But yeah, don't worry. I mean, about well, that. I mean, the, our government has actively helped Amazon crush the union talks yep. before. Yep. I know, but it's good to see that some unions are still squeaking through no matter what, just because you know people enough people are getting upset in some places. Yeah. So uh, good to hear that they had that one more one more union in the world. That's always a good thing. Um, but yeah, uh, at this point to all of our listeners, all, all dozen of you, (laughs) we know that, uh, things seem pretty hopeless right now. Um, and we can't promise they'll get better, but we can still offer you, uh, every ounce of love and solidarity that we have. Love and solidarity. It can be told in few enough words. We are not certain of his intentions even yet. They talked, so I am told. But I want you to know, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay.